Hello, welcome to Cocktails and Comics, starring Brian Hughes and Tim Elliott. Hey! There's the two of us tonight, yep. because everybody else was either busy with life or weren't feeling well. But the that's OG fine. Burnouts. You get, two, you get Yeah, you got the two, uh, is the term goats or OGs or whatever the term OGs, is? OGs, goat is greatest of all time. Well, that's us. Well, I mean, yeah, but I wasn't gonna. I, I, you don't. You don't want to sit there and just say that for everybody. <laughs> no. No. This is uh, just. We just. You, well, you haven't been on. I haven't been on the air with you for in a while. And yes. You've been busy. You you've moved and you've been busy settling into the new house. You've moved. You've been getting I settled moved. into. I'm kind of, kind of slowly getting settled in. We finally got our stuff out of storage. We got the storage closed down. So. I still have a crap ton of boxes in the media room and a crap ton of boxes down in the garage. And we've only only got like half the clothes that we had at the other house out of boxes right now. And that's, you know, you got to be, you know, we, we, we started for our, uh, our clothing. We had kind of a one in one out rule. Mm -hmm. We, we, we go to one thing that, the Goodwills here in Vegas are fantastic. I bought most of my clothes, and you can find some really high-end brands at Goodwill. So if you buy something, you got to get rid of something so that kind of keeps the balance in the in the closet. But I've I've finally have decorated some more than I had at the other house. I've kind of got my office decorated, got most of my artwork up, all my books are out. Um, I've been getting rid of stuff slowly. I went through like all my my DVDs and movies, and there were a lot of duplicates I had. You know, I bought it as a Blu-ray, and now I have it as a as a DVD. So I'm getting rid of that. So I've been selling mm, those all the way around. Other way around, yeah. right? <laughs> um, and now that I've got a, because when we moved in, we got a new TV, so I've got a 4K TV, and I got a recently got a 4K Blu-ray. So I've been replacing Blu-rays with a few. I've got five or six um, 4Ks. Now, does that Blu-ray also do 3D, like Scott Gardner's? I have one that did 3D, but I, I want. It will do. It will do 3D because I think the old Blu-ray I had would do 3D, but I don't have a 3D TV, and they don't make those anymore. So uh, I, I don't know what, how you watch. I wonder what Scott Gardner's got as his setup because he's made an incredible setup there. Um, his is a pro- projection. Yeah. yeah, he must have got. Um, he must have got in at the end of where they still had the 3D. Because I think his is yeah the 3D stuff. And I assume he still has to wear the glasses. But I think it will. It's kind of like a Blu-ray will upscale a, a DVD. I think he the 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 TVs will make anything 3D. Yeah. Even if it's a 3D, kind of like my 4K will kind of now that I've also got a 4K Apple box. Everything kind of comes in looking kind of like 4k even though it's not yeah now i've been um taking a long hard look at uh, my office setup here and it's funny because when i walk into the office it's kind of a long room and my desk is at the far end right by this one window and the window's a half moon window you know yeah and so with my computers and monitors and everything here, it actually looks like you're walking into a shuttlecraft from the back. We just got to, yeah, and the thing is, one whole side of the room is bright Notre Dame green, old Notre Dame green. And um, because the people that lived here before were nuts about Notre Dame. 
And so, you know, Nestor and I have been looking at this going, okay, well, how are we going to redo this? And I said, I want, you know, because the last room that he did for me, he did for me in Dallas Cowboys colors, which is really cool. I like that kind of dark, subdued, you know, uh, in, in, the, in, the, in the office there. And so I said, well, how about we do Starship colors this time and make this room like the shuttlecraft so I can walk in and, you know, and so we'll even do molding uh, up in the corners and stuff to, you know, give it more of a, a Starship feel to it. Like a TOS shuttle or more next gen? I was thinking more like a next gen runabout, really. Okay. I mean, the thing is, what, what, one of the things I'm looking forward to is the release of the final release of Star Citizen. And are you familiar with Star Citizen? I don't even know what that is. Okay, do you remember Wing Commander back in the day the, and then Free Space? The game? Yeah. The game? game? Yeah. yeah. Well, Chris Roberts is the guy that originated that game, and he's originated a whole bunch of other ones since, Free Space and other space flight simulators. And he has been working for like the last 10 years on this fully immersive... Uh, you know, massive multiplayer flight simulator, but also role-playing game out there called Star Citizen. And just depending on how much money you want to invest first, you know, determines how big of a ship or how be you know, awesome of a ship you can get. Uh, but you can also go in there and just start with the lowest, you know, level type ship and just work out there and build your experience and build up your creds so you can build up your ships that way. Just an online yeah. game or a PC game? Yeah, it's online, PC. I don't know if it's going to go to any other platforms, but it's in beta right now. Okay. And, uh, I mean, it looks awesome. And I'm just, like, sitting there going, man, do I want to drop the money on this right now? Because I've been looking for a good space flight simulator, and I, 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 all the ones that I've tried lately are either just too difficult to control uh because, you know, you're using maybe your mouse for control instead of a joystick. Right. Since you're doing it on PC. Now, FreeSpace allowed you to use your mouse, and it was very... It allowed you to set your sensitivities properly so you didn't have any trouble. And I love doing that one. But uh, it must have been... Yeah, I've, I've never played uh, Wing Commander. But I did play uh, TIE Fighter. Yep. And X-Wing, or w one of those uh, Lucas uh, Arts games well, where you played either as a... You yeah, were, they started basically off... You were flying around. They started off with X-Wing, and then they had X-Wing versus TIE Fighter, so you could play either side. Yeah, I had one of those. And they had, like, X-Wing Academy, and in that one, you could even play the Millennium Falcon. And at the very end, they actually had the Death Star Battle. Oh. And I never played well enough to get to the end to, you know, go up against the Death Star. I didn't, yeah, I never got, I think I played that on a, on my con, my, uh, keyboard. It wasn't a, a console game. Like, um, I do have an Xbox Star Trek game. I can't remember what it's called. Star Trek Legacy? Or, and you get to fly the Enterprise around. Yeah, no, no there's, there's, there's Star, Star Trek Academy... And I actually had that on Steam. Um, yeah, that's that seems to be the kind of the model now. They've got that. It's like, um, what was the DC games? Is it still out? The DC, not unlimited. DC, uh, 
where you could basically play in the DC world. Yeah, or the DC Marvel Universe, world. I think, is what it was. Right. I, I right. lost interest in that a long time ago. Um, but there is a Star Trek Bridge crew, which is out right now, and there's two ways to play that. You can play it full VR, and you take one of the stations on the the bridge, um, oh, or, or you can you can play it just full PC. And again, play as any of the stations, or you can basically function as the captain and then take over the other particular stations as you're giving out commands. Um, but there was a, an old Star Trek Starfleet Academy, which was one of those CD-ROM games back in the late 90s or early 2000s, and it had Shatner and Takei and um, uh, Scotty. Uh, I no, it was just Shatner and Takei, and. Um, so you were giving the cadets their whole speech, and then it had you know battle simulations and mission simulations, and Bridge Crew does that, but it does it so much nicer, so much better. Um, the only thing though is that I think Starfleet Academy was able to convey the weight of the starships and how they would turn in a local space kind of situation, whereas right. in Bridge Crew it seems to be a little bit more like J.J. Abrams. <laughs> lack of more physics starships because yeah. <laughs> you, you remember at the end of the, the 2009 when they were you know going up against the gravity well of that black hole that they created it really didn't seem like that enterprise had any kind of weight mm. or anything it was getting sucked in by the gravity it was just doing all these kind of weird movements and stuff and it just didn't seem well, right they, for a starship right, of that they, size they treat a starship like it's a an x-wing it's yeah like, no this is like a battleship this is gonna be slow and deliberate when it when it moves around. And yeah, around. exactly. Speaking of Star Trek, have you? I haven't watched it. Have you watched um, Strange New Worlds? Because I know it wrapped up its final I've, episode. I've gotten recently. several episodes in. My wife and I, because we're watching them together, and that's the hard part is getting us to be able to coordinate our time. Because right, she's working, I'm working, and then we got so much going on that you know i mean the thing is she gets up at four in the morning for her job mm. and so by nine o'clock she's out and i you know i get off work at four i've got to get christopher right now because he hasn't gotten his driver's license yet and so we've got basically from 6 p.m to 9 p.m to do whatever uh you know watch tv or, or play games or, or whatever and we've been doing a lot of different things you know just trying to you know, keep things fun here in the in the house, or we've been working on the house. So we'll play poker one night, or we'll play um, Cards Against Humanity. I don't know if you've tried that, but it's a very nuts I, game. Yeah, I've played it um, once, I think. Poker, I like poker. Uh, that's what I kind of miss not being back in Texas, because occasionally when we would get together at my dad's house for whatever birthday or event, whatever holiday it was, we'd, you know, break out pennies and just do but um so i mean it's just it's been difficult to get the time together to watch that and then there's also christopher wants to watch stuff with us so we've been watching um some anime and i'm trying to remember the name of it that we just been watching recently it's a very uh, uh new anime it's just finished it's like second season the dungeons and dragons um anime anime and i'm i'm blanking on the name right now and i'm just like oh gosh i'm feeling so stupid um 
But, uh, I, I mean, there's that, and um, there's also a show that's on uh, Max, you know, the HBO mm-hmm. streaming service that um, the latest season came out of, uh, came out recently, and it's called Warrior. Have you heard of this show? I don't. Is that anime, or is it no, just No, no, it's a... live action. And um, no. the, what it is is uh, back in the 1970s, um, Bruce Lee, before he died had pitched a TV series to the networks. And they liked the idea, but they didn't want to cast a Chinese man in an American TV show as the star of an American TV show. So instead, they kind of retooled it and then cast David Carradine. That's Kung Fu. Right. Right. And uh, so Bruce Lee's daughter has gotten the right... She's got the rights to the original stories and she and other writers have come along and retooled it and turned it into a new series called Warrior. And this is awesome. It is an amazing show. And um, the star of it is, he was in the the last G.I. Joe movie, if I uh, remember right, as um, Snake Eyes. Maybe Snake Eyes. Let me me see. Um, I'm going to pull it up right now so I'm not uh, speaking out of my backside. Andrew Koji is his name and he is incredibly talented um, and he was in Fast and Furious 6 oh, but, oh that was uncredited he was also in Bullet Train recently with Brad Pitt that was good and yeah he was in Snake Eyes but he was Storm Shadow so he okay was, I know who that is yeah. yeah and I mean he's incredibly talented he's got his martial arts really well done and he knows how to do those Bruce Lee moves in fact they had this one segment where there's a street fight in San Francisco and this is basically Old West San Francisco all the Chinese immigrants coming in and um, it you know just it's a it's a mess and he like I said he's there in a street fight and all of a sudden he gets the nunchucks and he's just like enter the dragon kind of action right there mm. and he, he's really got all that down but at the same time he's made it his own it's a really really good show but i mean the thing is it's incredibly violent um everybody is a bad guy there is not a good guy on the show you know you're either part of the tong which is the chinese uh mobs and there's several mm-hmm. of them and they're all warring or you're, you know, there, there's the police, which the police are as corrupt as anything out there. There's the union bosses. There's the politicians. Everybody is out there to screw everybody. Everybody for themselves. <laughs> and it's just, it, it, it's, you know, a dumpster fire every episode, but it's a real interesting dumpster fire to watch. And the That's martial a... arts is, is uh, just top level. I would watch this over that the last Mortal Kombat movie, you know. <laughs> oh, that wasn't. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I saw that one. There's a. Yeah, we don't have our we don't have our Max anymore. Um, but there's a new. And I just saw this today. I think on <clears throat> Facebook, there's a new Godzilla series, TV series coming out called. Yeah. Godzilla Legacy Mon- uh, Monarch, Monarch Legacy, Legacy of Monsters, starring Kurt Russell yeah. and his son Wyatt. Kurt Russell, yeah, and they're playing the same character. I guess his son is playing the younger version of Kurt Russell. Oh, like, I, well, didn't, I didn't know casting. that. Yeah, that's perfect. They're going to... So you'll be like a split storyline, but I guess he plays some army officer in the 50s. That'll be a son, and then Kurt Russell will play him 
uh, in the present. And I got to say, Kurt Russell's looking pretty good. They got a picture of him here. He's yeah. He still has the best head of hair in Hollywood. Um, it's on Apple, which I thought is weird because I thought all the Godzilla stuff was on Max. So I thought maybe they had the rights to it, but it's going to be an Apple TV or Apple Plus. Yeah, and that sucks because that's the one thing that we don't have. Um, I'd have to, I subscribe to it. I don't because there's nothing on there I want to watch. Um, but I might, I'd have to because I'm a huge Kurt Russell fan, so I might turn it back on for this. Yeah, I gotta ask my son what's that D and D anime we watched recently because I'm just blanking on it and it was so very good. Are you watching that on uh, Funimation or Crunchyroll or how? I you couldn't it? tell you. Um, you know, that's the thing is that my uh, you know, <laughs> all this stuff gets picked for me lately. You know, it's mm-hmm. like Jewel says in Pulp Fiction. When your wife's a vegetarian, that effectively makes you a vegetarian. Well, wh- whatever my family's watching is effectively what I'm watching. Pretty much. Yeah. Um, so I'm just like blanking now on this, and so I'm trying to remember what it is because it was so very good. I was watching. I had Funimation for a while because it was cheap. It was like six bucks a month. Because I was watching the new Star Blazers on it. Um, Star Blazers twenty. Twenty one ninety nine. 2199 and yeah. the rest, and I was kind of going through that series, and then I kind of dropped off and I canceled it. But um, then I was watching Gundam for a while, but then I kind of got sidetracked on that too. I haven't been watching anything. I'm, I'm, I mean, I finished Picard, mm-hmm. and I haven't watched any of Strange New Worlds, which I need to. Well, like I said, and... we're a couple episodes in, and the one, all the ones that I saw, I really, really enjoyed. Um, um, especially the one where they went to Delta Vega. I think it's Delta Vega. Yeah. That's the one that think... Chris, Chris Pike went to before, and we saw him on In the Cage. Right. No, that's not uh, Delta Vega. That's something else. That's, that's not Delta Vega. No, Delta Vega is where they. That's where they maroon Gary. Gary Mitchell. Yeah. Yeah. It's that's right. Lithium practice station. Yeah. Yep. Um, it's Rigel something. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Where he has a fight with the. Uh, warrior the guy big warrior guy yeah in the castle that, that he, it's like that's the previous mission when that, that that episode opens up yeah well this one you know follows up on that and gives you a little bit more on that on that world yeah so it's it's interesting but uh i i forget most of the plot points yeah i kind of know actually, that's I, a joke but you'll get it later <laughs> i've kind of listened to reviews of all the episodes so i kind of know what they're about oh okay. but i haven't sat and watched them um, and I think Discovery's uh, coming out soon. The final season of Discovery is going to come out. Um, I did get to see this uh, Picard finished up. I went to when I went to uh, uh, 57 year mission, the Star Trek convention two weeks ago. They had almost everybody was there, but they had the guy that played Shaw. I can't remember his name now. The actor from mm-hmm. 12 Monkeys. Uh, he was there, and so was uh, Anson Mount. He was there. Hmm. I didn't see some of the others. I didn't see like the guy that plays Mabinga uh, or um, there's Chapel. I didn't see her, but there was a uh, almost all of the next gen was there, and the two surviving were the three: the Kai and Chatner and uh, Koenig were there. Did they finally made it up? Well, they were on different days. I mean, I didn't see the day I went was I went one day and they weren't there. Uh, I saw, you know, I did see everybody else. I saw um, 
he was there uh john delancey was there and um uh, Riker was there and troy and i think all the rest of, and there were some some of the people from lower decks were there the voice actors but it was a little disappointing it wasn't that um it was just it still feels like a very small con even though it's most if you're there for autographs then yeah. that's the place to go and that's that's what i like i prefer those to the big you know super celebrity you know fan expos i mean like that one that we yeah. went to when we saw shatner and burn was yeah. just so huge and massive it's it's a walk to get everywhere and you know it, the, the dealer's room had insurance company booths, which, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But then also you could walk around and run into Jim Lee just walking around, which was kind of cool. So, well, I was it was weird. I was I was at a booth that was uh, – it was a booth for the company that did the set designs for Picard Season 3. Oh, cool. And I'm just sitting there and the guys are talking to other – you know, talking to fans and stuff. And they had a, a – they had later they had a, a panel that I went to. But Michael Kuda just walks up and starts talking to him. So sweet. I'm sitting right next to Michael Kuda. That's sweet. That's awesome. And then I saw him later in the hall with his wife, and I really tried to stop him, see if I could get a picture with him. But his wife was like, hey, let's go get you something to eat. So he kind of, he was dealing with some other fans, so he kind of walked out. And I thought that was kind of cool. It's like, you guys don't realize who this guy is. It's Michael Kuda. You know, it, it's funny because um, I've I, been thinking about old Star Trek a lot lately thanks to strange new worlds but also uh john byrne on his website had asked you know what's the oldest item of clothing that you still wear actually it was um one of the other guys started the thread but byrne was on there first um and the oldest item of clothing that i have that i still wear is every now and then i will wear my text trek 93 t-shirts and i don't know if you've ever seen those but it's basically um Shane Johnson, you know, the guy that, that wrote Mr. Scott's Guide to the Enterprise, mm-hmm. he did the the artwork for the convention. And so he did this image of Spock with the gravity boots, but he's wearing an old West poncho <laughs> and hat and all that. And it's it's really, really cool. Anyway, so I've got, I, you know, basically back then when we, we put the, we as a Star Trek club put the con together. And mm-hmm. so I, I was working behind the scenes doing a whole bunch of stuff, you know, different things, uh, you know, for the con before and, and during. And I must have got about, I don't know, seven or eight of the of the shirts. And then when all was said and done, they had a bunch of like three XLs and two XLs. And I just grabbed several of them, you know, because they didn't need them and they, they, they couldn't sell them. And so I've had all these shirts for all these years, and some of them, you know, weathered pretty well. The XLs have weathered pretty well, so I've got like two different shirts I can still wear today, and do that's from cool. time to time. So that's that's always cool. Now, did I tell you about Shane Johnson? Um, maybe. I mean, because <laughs> he's local to the area here. He's lived here all his life, and um, about well, I don't know exactly how long ago it was. But a number of years back, he started suffering a number of health issues and went and, you know, saw doctors and came to a realization and um, made changes. And Shane Johnson is now Laura Johnson. Oh, okay. And so, you know, if anybody's wondering what happened to Shane, Shane is now Laura. So if you Google him, he's a her now. 
and we we talk from time to time, just chat on Facebook and all that. Um, but uh, still seems to be doing well, and uh, that's good. Yeah, I, I fact is, if um, you know, of course he wrote Mr. Scott's Guide to the Enterprise, but he also did a bunch of things. And I, I think it was for Starlog. Um, and I've actually got one of them here, and it's a Star Star Wars technical guide. And if you open it up and look on the acknowledgments, he actually wrote an acknowledgment to me for, uh, for oh. some help I gave him back in the day. Oh. But, uh, yeah. Anyway, um, the anime that I was talking about actually isn't anime. It was, an uh, I think, I don't know if it was an American, but it wasn't actually Japanese animation. It's called The Legend of Vox Machina. And it's yeah, I know what that is. It is a great series. Um, if you can get around to watching it, you will, you know, number one, you'll recognize, you know, all the different character classes. They even have a bard in there, and um, the the various characters. Of course, they all have their own classes and their own abilities. There's a half giant, that's that's part of the group, and a, uh, I believe she's a gnome or a halfling cleric. Um, so they've got some very interesting characters, and it's uh, it's two seasons have been out so far. Both seasons have been very very interesting to me. I've really enjoyed them, especially if someone that used to play Dungeons and Dragons a lot and keeps getting dragged into Dungeons and Dragons again. As Christopher is starting to uh, want to DM, and so he's been buying up uh, some modules and other stuff. But I also acquired all the old TSR modules that uh, came for the original. Uh, basic rules, the advanced rules, advanced two. I've got basically got all the mo- modules for that now. I've so got I the books. Play all the old and I've got my original DM guide, monster manual, player's handbook. I've got those. All our books went with my friend Larry when he moved up to um, Annapolis years and years ago. And sadly, you know, I mean, he got married. And he was working back and forth between Russia, and he died in a car wreck in Russia. Oh. And his wife has all the old D&D stuff, including all the maps that we created. We had a continent that we created. And, I mean, she just has all that, and I'm sure she's never, ever going to look at or do anything with. I've asked her about it, but she just kind of ignored me. So, yeah. uh... The only module I ever bought was, um... was kind of the sci-fi one, where they find a spaceship. Like Keep on the Borderland. No, no, uh, Barrier Peaks. No, no. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, the Barrier um, Peaks. Only because that... We started out playing D&D because that's all they had. And of course, they at that point, they had uh, some other games you could kind of... that would cross into it. One was Boot Hill. Yeah. Which was a cowboy yep. uh, role-playing game. And you could kind of... You had instructions on how to merge those two. Well, then Gamma World came out. And that was all sci-fi and mutants mm-hmm. and stuff. So that, oh, so I really for Gamma World, so I like that more, and so I got that module because it was more sci-fi like. Yeah. So I've got a bunch of uh, role-playing stuff that I've never played. I've collected. I've got uh, it's not Gorp. It's um, maybe it is Gorps. 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 Yeah. There's Gorps. There's champions. There's villains and vigilantes, and these are ones that, that I tried playing. There's um, was it space opera? Yeah, space opera and travelers. Travelers sounds. That's a that was a, a space one also. Frank Canepa liked playing that one. I got bored with it really quick. Well, I've got the Star Trek role playing game, which I don't think it's GURP, but it's. Well, I can't remember the 
I wrote, TSR. I wrote a magazine, uh, magazine article about 35 years ago where um, the, it was, a, it was a, a magazine for, for role-playing games. I don't, I don't remember what the name of the magazine was. And um, the editor was a guy that I actually worked with. He was like doing editing of, of this thing as a side job. And um, I wrote, because there was uh, two games, the Star Trek, the role-playing game, and mm -hmm. then Starfleet Battles. And, you know, because Star Trek, the role-playing game was more of the, you know, like what the what happened on the away missions and right. and, and the inner, inner uh, communication between the crew. And then Starfleet Battles was just the actual starship battle in space, you know. And they're so different from each other, yet based on the same thing. And so he asked me to write an article about the two, and I actually did a couple uh, mini-stories. One of which was, you know, a, a Starfleet captain in pitch battle with the Klingons, and, um, you know, defeating them with a, a nice little um, ricochet rabbit trick. <laughs> and then the other one was um, a first contact you know, for the role-playing game, the first contact kind of uh, mission. And uh, that, that was also, I mean, I mean, again, they were fun to write and all that. And I don't even know if I've got those um, on disc anywhere. If I do, they would have been in the old Commodore 64 format because that's what I what that, what that I wrote them on, I think. Right. Um, right. Mid-80s, mid, mid yeah. But that was, gosh, that was so long ago. But that was, that well, was I've got a fun game. I've got Doctor Who game. And I've got a um, Alan Dean Foster's um, The Humanx Commonwealth. So it's based on his books. He's got that shared universe for all his books. There's a role-playing game on that. And it's... Uh, that may be a GURP one, I don't remember. But I, you know, I've never had anybody else to play with because once I got older in high school and my my one of my best friends moved away uh, junior year and then Soren, my other best friend, uh, we kind of going separate ways our senior year and we just you know there's only two people there's only two people i had to play with so uh i've kind of fell out of that that's why I'm, if i can find games like that on for a console i'll play it it's kind of um kind of like that but mm -hmm. i watched the uh have you seen the um the chris pine dungeons and dragons movie yeah we, we watched it um I, I i really enjoyed it i started it, it, watching it but i haven't finished it yeah, and I mean, I think I watched it around the same time that the latest season of The Witcher came out, and I still haven't finished that, haven't been able to catch up to that. I I kind of half-watched the first season of that, and then I, I kind of was not interested in, um, despite it being Henry Cavill, and I kind of dropped. It's like, um, well, I didn't watch Wheel of Time, I didn't watch that one at all. What about Good Omens? Have you been watching that? I don't. Um, it's Vanilla really good. watched that first season, and she liked it. And I kind of watched at it when she would watch it, but the, I didn't. The second season is just as compelling as the first season. Yeah, well, it's like Sandman. She was watching. Yeah. She watched that season of Sandman, and she liked it. Yeah, we, we liked it, too. And I it, but I didn't. Um, so a lot of stuff. She watched um, Legion. She kind of watched the first half season of Legion. Now, that's the uh, X-Men uh, thing, right? Right. That's now, Xavier's son. Yeah. yeah, and I'll tell you, Aubrey Plaza is so amazing in that series in the way she plays what she plays i mean I, you you just have to watch it and see right um uh, yeah. she she it makes was, that series in my opinion it, it was so 
kind of divorced from the X-Men, so I, I didn't, I couldn't get into it. But um, I went and did, I went to the movies last night. I went and saw um, Rad, if you know that movie from the 80s. Oh my gosh, the BMX skateboard. movie. Is it okay? BMX. B- that's right. Yeah, BMX I knew sport, it was yeah. some extreme yeah. <laughs> sports kind of thing. Yeah. Well, yeah, it cause... was it was riff tracks, so they were making fun of it. it's mystery like mystery science theater. Yeah. So I went and watched that, and then I uh, I decided to do a little theater hopping. I I left that. It was over. Poked my head in and watched the last 15 minutes of the Mag Two. So the ending of that. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and I poked my head in and watched the last five minutes of Blue Beetle. And I'm like, okay. Then I went into Oppenheimer and watched the last hour and a half of Oppenheimer and watched all of that. Now, <laughs> see, the thing is, I, I've been wanting... Okay, I haven't seen Indiana Jones yet. I want to. I really want to. But I just we haven't been able to get out. Right. I want to see Oppenheimer, problem. but if I was going to see it in a theater, I'd want to see it in an IMAX theater. And the one IMAX theater in Dallas is still booked. You can't get a seat. Is that the one that's on um, 635 and... I'm not sure. Is Chris... That's Chris, the one we would go to. That's yeah. the one we would go to. And Chris has been trying to, to get get <laughs> us a, a seat there. But whenever we can go, it's always booked up. And I don't know how much longer the, the movie's going to be there. I'm we, surprised well, Barbie we saw hasn't it. taken over. Right. We saw it. I think we saw it last Friday, and that's the reason why we went, because we thought this is going to leave, because they had one showing that day of, of it, and we didn't, you know, not of Oppenheimer or Indiana Jones. Yeah. Um, Oppenheimer was on a couple of screens that, where I went and saw it. Uh, yeah, but I didn't see an IMAX, but that right. was still pretty good. I mean, there's only a few, you know, true IMAX screens around the mm-hmm. around the nation, and so yeah, you, have, you have some to that get are, the right ones. Right. They some have that... Uh, like Cinema X or something, which is kind of faux. Yeah. Max, uh, it's their it's um it's their version of IMAX. Isn't the 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 Fort Worth Museum? Isn't that an IMAX? No, that's OmniMax because it's oh. it's a a round screen. Right, right. Done. I thought they had a yeah. I don't know if they had regular movies there or not. They probably could, but I think you would lose the grandeur of the experience when right. they you know they're only using about you know thirty. 33% of the screen. Right. For, it is kind of hard. We, yeah. That was, uh, I had my first real date with Vanilla there. We went to see an, a Mario and, of all things, just whatever showing, but it was a movie on Mario and Dreddy. Oh, well, that, you know, that'd like, be awesome. I mean, yeah, those like 20, fast minutes. kind of things, those are always yeah. great on that. And I mean, if, if you guys don't know what we're talking about, uh, um, the Omnimax, the Omni Theater or the Omnimax screen is like a, um, a dome that sits over you and the seats are basically made almost so like you're underneath the screen instead of looking across at it you're looking up yeah it's, it's more like, like a planetarium it's like a 40 40 degree angle or something like that and yeah. so it, it's disorienting for one to be walking around in that theater but when they have a movie on it's taking up that entire round screen now the the film that's used for that is so big that they actually have trucks that back up to the the theater yep, that are basically yep. like cartridges. <laughs> and that's also what they're do- de- dealing with with Oppenheimer at the IMAX theaters is that uh, they, it's so much film that they have to... I, and they're showing it as, as film, right, not, that's, not I digital. Think Nolan's a, yeah, Nolan's a big um, um, film advocate. Um, 
The one that, the one that I would go to is a it's on 635 and Horse Lane, I want to say. Yeah. I think and there's a big theater there and then they've got one part of it. It's a I think it's a Cinemark or a AMC and it's got a true IMAX. And that's right there past 75, isn't it? Like if you're going it's, down 635 and you're heading east, it's like right right as you pass 75. Well, it's I from I would go I went down 35. If I'm going down 35E okay. uh, uh, south, you get on 635 for like briefly, then you get immediately get off. You get on the feeder road, and it's right there. It's right over there by the comic store uh, over there called um, pretty good comic store. Uh, what's it called? Uh, Hero Comics or something. Yeah. But the guy that owns it's got a pretty good back backlog of uh, he's got a lot of good uh, back issues. Cool, cool. Yeah, I, I'm just you know was telling Scott Gardner he needs to come out here to DFW because we have so, we have more comic book shops in DFW than there are in Manhattan, in New York City, in the whole uh, Orlando area, uh, the whole Los Angeles area. We, we've got the largest concentration of comic book shops around here. And I said, if anybody wants to come out and do a comic book shop crawl, I'll be glad to come out there and be like a tour guide. Yeah, it's not it's not bad. We don't have really anything here in Vegas. We've got a high-end one called Torpedo Comics, but it's really high-end, and they don't have a lot of old back issues. Yeah, you got to uh, go to the, the pawn shop for the old back issues. Yeah. Because Chumley yeah, bought you them find those there. <laughs> Yeah, and there's a couple other. There was one in Henderson close to us, but they closed down. Uh, really, honestly, the the best one I in my area is I have to drive to San Diego. It's oh. SoCal Comics. That is a fantastic um, um, comic store because they've got lots. Of, that's one I think John's been there, and I they've would, got lots of um, good back issues, you know. Yeah. And they've got like dollar bins and things like that, you know, no quarter bins, but um, they've I got, got some a lot of family stuff. in San Diego. Of course, John's out there. But um, yeah. I hope he's hunkering down because they're about to get some really, really bad weather. Yeah, we're getting some of it. We had uh, oh yeah, it's rain, it right. rained here today pretty good. I mean, this was like Texas rain. It was thundering, lightning, and it was windy, and we got a lot of a lot of actual moisture, which we don't get. And it's supposed to rain tomorrow and Sunday, so it's <laughs> it's lowered our temperature. I think our Sunday temperature is going to be a high of 79. It was 111 here today. I heard a predator growl yeah. yesterday. <laughs> yes. So what are you it's, drinking? Uh, I am on empty now, but I was drinking uh, ginger ale, <clears throat> excuse me, diet ginger ale and Powers apple whiskey. Hmm. Powers is a good Irish whiskey. Yep. Um, it's, um, was it Powers or was it, um, no one Powers, it's um, Proper 12, gotcha. which is that MMA fighter guy. Yeah. It's his whiskey. Yep. Now I've been I'm drinking a Smirnoff Ice Green Apple here, which is um, very tasty. I like green apple stuff. It's like drinking a Jolly Rancher, you know. Oh, that's a little. Yeah, it's a little. No, it's better than it, it, it's even better in that in the taste. Um, but I will change subject once again. So, one of the subjects that uh, that I wanted to broach was another thing that I saw on John Burns' website. And it's it was the great question: Would you, were you in Reed Richards' shoes, save Galactus? And somebody asked Burn that, or Burn was asking his audience that. Uh, no, somebody was asking that, 
Um, and it, the first question was, let's see here. Um, spending my time picking apart FF262, and it generated a question for me. This is from Harry Bauer. Now, Harry Bauer, of course, is the guy that's making those uh, motion comics of Burns' Fantastic Four mm -hmm. run. And so uh, he says, the author often places himself into his characters, but it was, but if it was you pers personally in that position, not Reed, would you have saved Galactus? Sub-question, if Reed presented his opinion on some force, uh, yeah, if Reed presented his opinion and some force took both Reed and Sue out of the commission, would you have written Ben and Johnny to save Galactus? if left to their own devices under the presumption that the means was already there for them to do it. And Byrne responded most democratically. I'll paraphrase a line from Peter David. I wrote about what happened. There was nothing else. <laughs> and the guy says, fair enough. And then someone else wondered if anyone here would not save Galactus given what we read in that arc. And, you know, some people can, you know, compare Galactus to a cancer. And then this guy, Jim Petersman, says basically Galactus isn't cancer. It's more like compost. Harvesting that that has already borne its fruit to create fertile ground for future life. And Burns says precisely. Well, I, right. Do you argue that, and I think this would be Reed's argument, that one, any intelligent life deserves to live. You know, if, you know, if, it's, I, had this, if I had the means to save this this entity, I should do it because you know, everybody has a right to live. Right. And you know, if you believe in fate or a divine pattern or anything, you know, Galactus is here for a re like to quote Superman, he's here for a reason. Yep. It's not to score footballs, uh, touchdowns. Um, so, do you save him for that? Because there's a bigger picture that Galactus fits into. And I think if John, Johnny, and Ben. It was up to them. You write it either way, but I think they might write it that they would say, "What would Ben do? What would Sue do?" And they would follow or what would that. Reed do? Yeah. yeah. Robert, yeah, I said Ben. What would what would Reed do? And let's follow that because they probably think that decision is, is too big for them. Um, I, I would think he's more close. I think in more closely to um, like a forest fire. You know, you get a lightning strike, you get a forest fire, burns away parts of the, and then you get new growth so mm -hmm. similar to the compost thing you know he's, he's, he's doing yeah right he's doing something to um he's not malicious you know so you can't do the whole well if you could go back in time would you kill hitler thing it's not quite the same but you know it's, it's you know, my son asked me if you could go back in time what would you change and i said absolutely nothing and he's like what and I said, I wouldn't go backwards in time. I would go forwards in time. And I don't care if I change how that happens, but I couldn't wow. go back in time and change, you know, change something because, and there's a real good movie that broached this subject. It was called About Time. And it, um, it was, uh, it's directed by Richard Curtis, who uh, also directed Love Actually and Notting Hill. And, Black Adder creator. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Curtis? Yeah, same guy. And in this movie, um, the main character discovers that he can travel back in time, as far back as he wants uh, within his lifetime. 
his father has the same ability and he is at one point you know he's like he's married to his great love he's got you know kids and all that but he realizes something that was back in the past that he wants to change so he goes back and changes it comes back time trues up and now he's got a different child not realizing right. that making that one change is going to change all the factors that go into the childbearing. And so, you know, it, yeah, his father tells him, yeah, he went through three different changes of his kids before he realized he can't go back to those eras or he will lose his kids. Yeah. You know, well, that's just it. You, know, you take, if you go back in time, you take the chance of Chris never. Yeah, exactly. Being, or being a different Chris. Yeah, exactly. You, know, you don't want to that's risk that. Not a risk I'd ever want to take. Right, right. Because so, because no matter how small a change or minor or you think, oh, there's no way this change is going to connect to me. Butterfly effect. You don't know the right. It's a butterfly effect. Yeah. So. That's well, yeah. They they they, they address that a lot in the new Indiana Jones film. Lovely, lovely. No. Uh, <laughs> well, you know it was about. You know it was about. Um, I mean, Dial of Destiny. Actually, I've tried very hard not to hear or or learn anything or, or or find anything i just want to see it when i can see it all and right well then if i if i spoil anything i apologize i didn't um... you, you didn't you didn't really i mean I, I i understand what you're saying and okay i kind of get an idea but no no i think i'm good I think right I'm good. Yeah. Uh, i need to get more alcohol <laughs> <laughs> i know i need to get some more but i thought that was actually an, a, an interesting question and i'm sure there are a lot of people that in the moment would you know i mean you, you would have pressure from other people all around you and you know even in the in the case of that issue of fantastic four with the avengers you know a lot of them sitting there saying well why would we want to save you know galactus all he does is try to come over here and eat earth all the time but um i'm sure cap would you know step in and say no no we've got to you know save him right right, thing to do. right. Cap, cap would definitely say no you know we, we have to do what's right and i think Reed is looking at the bigger picture, knowing, I, you know, Galactus plays a part in the bigger scheme of the, the universe. So we, what if, what if we don't save Galactus and then something horrible happens? You know, it's it's the if you've ever seen the uh, the six six parter, it's um, Genesis of the Daleks, Fourth Doctor, Tom Baker. I'll story. be honest, I have never watched any Doctor Who whatsoever. <laughs> the only thing I've watched was Torchwood. Oh, okay. Well, and this is spoilers for a 50-year-old TV show. But <laughs> it's, you know, the Daleks are the, the ultimate bad guy. And at one point, the, the Time Lord sent him back in time to stop the creation of the Daleks. And he's about, he's in a situation where he can do it. But he pauses because he says, do I have the right to do this? Because he says, well, sure, I can destroy the Daleks, but by... But when the Daleks came about, all these other races banded together to fight them, and that created more, uh, you know, like this unified government or force or whatever. So a lot of good came out of that. So if I destroy them, that will never happen. So it's that do I or do I kind of situation. You know, yeah. Do I have the right to to, uh, to interfere or play God or, or whatever, you know, you want to say, you know, and that's why usually in, in, in most time travel stories, either you can't change it or uh if you do there's some catastrophic um uh, result you know, that's why 
I always thought when the first time I saw Back to the Future, it was like, oh no, he changed history and it came out okay for everybody. You know, no, he actually no. made his future better. No, no. He he moved to a different, you know, different time stream, just like in Back to the Future 2. He didn't go back to... Well, right. If you, if you, yeah, if you believe that, that you can never really go back in time because anytime you make a change, you just skewer it and you're yeah. in a different... Which is, I think that's the whole idea behind the Loki series, wasn't okay. it? They're all the tangents or... Uh, or yeah, they're or, trying uh, to fix them all. Yeah, whatever. They're not called tangents. I can't remember the name they called them. Yeah, devi- deviations uh, or... Deviations, right. Yeah. Right. Speaking of Loki, have you seen... I think you said you saw the Quantumania. I did see Quantumania. I, I'm ready right now, actually, to give it a second watch. Um, I, I need to watch it again because I was kind of working and watching it. I watched it when it was on Disney Plus. No, we we saw it in the theater, but um, I I was uncomfortable and distracted um, that day. So I I know. I mean, the the thing was is like I actually liked the performance of the guy that played Kang, and um, I, I I I along with I, I when I first saw it, I didn't think anything was wrong with with the whole Modoc thing. But as time went on, now I'm just kind of like. They ruined an opportunity of using a real Modoc in somewhere else in the MCU. Well, right, and that's part of the problem. They are kind of plucking these characters out and putting them in stories or with characters they don't belong, and they're, you know, they're changing their origin, and they're just kind of that character and appearance only. So it's like there's no reason for Modoc to be in that show. You know, he belongs somewhere else. Yeah. So, you know, I, I, I thought it was okay. It wasn't great. I, I didn't like the quantum. I don't like, I didn't like Ant-Man in the quantum universe because he works better when he's in the real world and he can, and right. he can shrink and he's compared, you know, you see him with everyday things and he's little and they're big. Right. As opposed to he's in the quantum world and he, there's no reference. It's just crazy kind of Ditko type universe or environment and you get he gets big but it's like okay well there's nothing for me to there's all these swirling colors and stuff next to it so how do I reference or how do I you know there's nothing so I thought that was a mistake yeah but I, I don't again I, I think the MCU is taking a big step back and they're just gonna you know do the big things they've got planned like you know the New World Order Secret Wars but I don't know that we're going to get much of the, the side stuff anymore. I know they're going to finish Daredevil and they got the Marvels coming. But I think that they're going to they're going to take a step back and, and ramp down a little bit till they can figure out why why they're not um, as successful, successful as, as they, much were, as they were, you know, yeah. 10 years ago. Well, and, it's it's a uh, well, with the strike. I don't know. I don't know. I think Daredevil's on hold. Yeah, everything uh, is. I no, mean, it's, yeah, everything's on hold. Marvels, I think, is done, and they have set a date in November, I think, for it to come out. But I haven't watched Secret Invasion, although I heard it was terrible, but I haven't watched any of it. You know, I'd say Secret Invasion suffers the same problem as the first season of Picard, and that is that there was an interesting storyline, compelling characters, great movement, a couple shocks, and then they did not stick the landing mm-hmm. and um but i mean the thing is i was enjoying everything up until the last 
episode. And, you know, they were trying to... Well, not, not enjoying. There were some things that actually bothered me. Um, but uh, the last episode just, you know... So, uh, yeah. I mean, watch it and, and form your opinion. We can discuss it once you see it. But, yeah, yeah there's a lot to talk about there. Yeah. Whew. Yeah. There's no time. I just don't have time. I keep wanting to try to watch Andor because I've heard Andor is really good. Oh, Andor is awesome. I a chance to sit down and watch it. Uh, I did watch Kenobi and I wasn't really crazy about it. And Ahsoka comes out pretty uh, Tuesday. quick. Coming this, out. this Tuesday. Yeah. They moved it yeah. up. But I'll, I'll say this about Kenobi. I, I was a little down on it the first time I watched it. And I was, number one, I was not happy with where they had put Ben emotionally and all that. And I should have been, I should have thought about it more because it does make sense, you know. I was hoping it would be more like Ben was in Attack of the Clones where it was almost like a, a, a mystery that he is unraveling. And well, that's what it should have been. Yeah. Well, but the, the inclusion but the thing of Princess Leia, I thought, was a huge mistake. Well, and and I had problems with it at, at first. I watched it a second time though, and the second time I had, I was able to much better appreciate it and realize the steps that they took in there. Um, the only thing that I had a, a big uh, complaint about in in Kenobi was just that. This is Kenobi, and it's Darth Vader, and it's the two of them meeting again. The production values should have been up for that, and they weren't. It was, I mean, it was like they were on a shoestring budget. The even the yeah. the, the how they transferred it to video uh, just looked foggy rather than shiny and um, glorious. Which and well, it, it looks should have small. Been glorious. Yeah. It looks small. Yeah. And that was the not even just small. It looked it looked like they didn't try to make it look cool. You know, it was like you you ever watch a, a, a deconstruction of something like uh, Unforgiven. Mm -hmm. You saw the movie Unforgiven. It's a deconstruction yeah. of, of the Western, of the old Western. And it, every everybody is clumsy, you know, the the people don't look cool when they're doing stuff and I, I, I guess I can see what they were trying to go for there, that you know Ben was flailing for the, the the majority of this thing, and so therefore he had to go through that as part of his character arc. But it even made Vader look fumbling. And well, yeah. they, they so a lot of the problems I have with um, Strange New Worlds first and second season mm -hmm. that they and mostly with that 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 show. There's a lot of a lot of potential in Stranger Worlds, and they they you know this is a that's an era where they're we know nothing about literally we really don't know anything about Pike, yeah. But they they don't feel confident enough to tell new stories, and new characters. They constantly have to reference or tie it to TOS. I mean, yeah. we've got Kirk in this season now. We had Ohura. She should have been in there. Yeah, and Vanga. Yeah, that's fine. And then um, the revelation about number one that they had last season and, and, and went through on this season is just kind of like, why did we have to have that? Yeah, that's I mean, not... That's, they already brought yeah. a Noonien Singh on board the ship. That's another mistake. You know? And, and, and yeah, yeah. I, know, I, I can... I, I see all that and all that. But I enjoy the show in spite of all that, though. Um, I really I, enjoyed the writing. I'm enjoying the characters. Um, 
I, I really like the actress that plays Christine Chapel. Uh, I don't. I find her really interesting. Yeah, I don't have faint towards. It's another thing. Why is Chapel on there? Don't you don't need you don't need all these ties to characters we know. Just we know Pike, or you know, here's it. We don't really even know Pike because he was in you know the the, the pilot episode that we see him in yeah. his chair, and we kind of see him in the JJ movies. But that's your chance to build on that, build his. You know, because I like Anson Mount a lot, except he doesn't act. He acts more like he's trying to be everybody's uh, big brother. He doesn't act like um, uh, uh, someone who's in charge. Look at, watch any of the new iterations of Star Trek and watch Next Gen or watch TOS. Yeah. Watch how Kirk is, Kirk's in command. Yep. Now, he's not an uh, 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 unfair commander. He doesn't, he's not unjust, but... He doesn't take crap, you know. He you you he tells you to do something, you do it. Okay, that's okay. The now, structure. I'm gonna I'm gonna butt in on you right here because there is something that that I mean bears mentioning. Now the thing is, when we watch the cage, the cage is a good five years before the events that we're seeing right now. All right. Yeah. So the crew has been together. I mean, a, a portion of the crew, him and number one. Um, have been together for a good long while and he has gotten more comfortable being the captain not just in that but also dealing with what he knows about his future and so it's had a profound effect on him and who he is because i thought that was a mistake they should never let him reveal that he knows what's um going to happen to him but watch him in the early episodes of Discovery when he's there in second season, and you can see that he is not quite as affected, you know, as, as he becomes later. There, there's an actual character development that we see there that Anson Mount is carried along. Now, if you go back and watch Where No Man Has Gone Before, and that's first episode, Shatner as Kirk, um, that, that he does, and you can see in those early scenes him sitting there talking to Spock and and, and all that, that he is the new captain, new young captain, trying to, you know, take the the galaxy by storm, but he's he's also trying to be that upright captain. You know, there's a little bit of posing in Kirk in that. Because he's he's trying to prove himself. But but even look at Picard and Riker. Mm-hmm. Just, it's just that they they did not deal with uh, a subordinate talking back to them or just acting unprofessionally. It's just the way that they everybody talks like they're uh, they're just all buddies and there's not some kind of command structure. Now, right, if you right. want to argue that new Trek like Next Gen, maybe they they revamped the way Star you know Starfleet's less military like it was in the '60s when they had TOS. Yeah, but this is supposed to be TOS. So, um, well, I mean, that's made, the kind of stuff that they made a lot of changes. If you if you watch the cage um, over, you'll remember that you know Pike didn't even want a woman on the bridge. Right. And right. then that's, when you get all the yeah. way to the last episode of original series, only then are they talking about a woman being able to be a, a starship captain at all. Whereas, well, yeah, they, now didn't think they, in, yeah. in Strange New Worlds, yeah, we've got starship captains that are women, and, you know, Pike's doing one of them. And, 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 and I'll, I'll write that off as that's the 
the writing at the time. You know, right. that to take that in context. That's the writing at the time. Um, but it's just act like act like adults. Don't act like a bunch of teens when they're you know when you're trying to go and do something. You know, be, I mean, Kirk would not was not above as as, as close and as friendly he was with Bones and and his and Spock. If they kind of got out of line, he'd yank him back. He had no problem saying, "Look, you know, just do what I told you. This is an order. You know, that kind of thing." Yeah. So I wanted, you know, I wanted to be a little more serious and just, you know, put Pike on the bridge with Spock. You could keep Mbinga if you wanted to, even though they get rid of uh, the voice. Dr. Yeah, voice. They, they don't have voice. Well, and... They don't have voice. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, get rid of Ohura, get rid of Chapel. Get rid of Kirk. I mean, I've heard now that uh, there's another new TOS character showed up, I think, in the last season. Or the last episode, I won't say. But somebody else showed up. Uh, and then just go off and do Star Trek stuff. Go to the world. Get well, into, I, I wouldn't know, be surprised if Scotty shows up. Um, I, I don't know. It could be Scotty. could be Sulu. You know, we could see Chekhov someplace else. You know? <laughs> you block in the bathroom. Yeah. Um, <laughs> You, oh, so you know that joke, huh? Yeah, yeah, that is why. Well, I mean, didn't I haven't read it, but didn't Byrne do a a photo now of um, uh, New Visions, where it's Chekhov's story, where he starts out, I think, in engineering, and then get to the end of the story, he gets promoted to the bridge. Well, what what I saw was that it, it's kind of funny because it wound up they they used a similar thing in Into Darkness, where Chekhov was shadowing Scotty. As right. part of his uh, regular duties, and then yeah, they put him in the red shirt, and he's yeah, doing that was, a bunch of stuff. That was stupid. That was stupid too. Yeah, but uh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> now, this is not. I don't want to turn this into a. Uh, I'm dumping at Star Trek, but um, it, it's worse when it's something that I really love, and I see the potential there, and they're just yeah squandering. I, I don't want to see any more of that Jim Kirk because. Uh, he reminds me more of Jim Carrey doing Jim Kirk <laughs> than yeah. Well, he's yeah, he's doing an impersonation. Yeah, but he's not doing a, he's not even doing a good Captain Kirk. And I, I did like the guy that played his brother, but I didn't understand the need to have him around, you know. And that's just well, is another, he still on? Is he still one. on the show? Or is, I, I don't uh, know. Um, I know he was there in the was, first season. Yeah, and because they weird. had to show him walking around with a cheesy mustache. Right, right, yeah, Sam, Samuel. Yeah, but you understand why they put the mustache on him, right? Right, because Kirk played the same guy with the mustache. Yeah, Shatner. In yeah. <laughs> but. Oh, man. That's fun. Well, do you have uh, any other things that you wanted to bring up? Uh, it's been, you know, we've gone no, over your, your time limit. So. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of I'm kind of uh, fading here. But no, I, I think it was just, this is, I just kind of wanted to get, we haven't been on mic in a while when just we haven't just shot got, the shit. you know shot yeah yeah just shot shot it in a while and we haven't had a show since i think the last thing we did was uh, uh the flash wasn't it uh chris and i had an episode go up right i'm talking about just you know you weren't oh, on yeah. with, I, we were together on a show yeah i've been doing i've been doing a bunch with kirk and those are a lot of fun doing those yeah. name work thing um and you know and then i'm sure we've got some more stuff coming up i've got some came up with some ideas today for possible Halloween shows. Um, I know you've got some stuff in the works you're talking about. I, um, 
uh, I feel honored. I'm gonna. I actually got invited by Paul to be on. Is it Jaws? For what? For his Halloween. Sh- for his Halloween show, we're gonna do. We do back to back. We're doing Wolfman, and we're also doing Evan Costello meet Frankenstein. Oh, sweet! And yeah. It's gonna be uh, Jack and Eddie, and uh, both Luke and um, Jason. And who else? Oh, Jay Weeder. Jay David Weeder's gonna be on it. So he was gonna say you could be in either one of them. I said no, I'll, I'll we'll do them both together because Wolfman's my favorite character, and we were I was gonna be the Evan Costello with him. I said, I'll be on both of them if I can, just because, you know, that'll be a blast. So we do that, record that thing next Monday. That's cool. Yeah, I'm supposed to, I don't know when it's going to happen, but we'll be recording, I believe, for Tomorrow Never Dies. Um, and this, the James Bond, since we're doing the James Bond movies and that we're in the Pierce Brosnan era. era you, have you guys already done Goldeneye? Yeah. Oh, I must have missed that episode. I don't back think it's look. been released. Okay. Okay, I, I thought the last one they did was one of the Dalton ones. Yeah, we did, we did both Dalton ones, uh, Living Daylights and License to Kill, and yeah, um, yeah so the, the, this is obviously the next one, and um, I mean, we uh, Goldeneye is the next one that's going to be released. I don't know when he's going to release it. I mean, he's got a lot of stuff in the hopper, so he's got yeah, he's he's lucky. He's got well, he works at it, but he's got lots of backlog. Keep uh, back, keep back your back eye on the page because uh, Hey Kids Comics is about to burst on the scene again. I heard they were coming back, and I don't know. Um, There's a second promo that came out today or yesterday. I saw it on Facebook. I saw that the uh, yeah, and I don't know if Michael is moving because Michael is in a different town. I think, I think they just you know basically figured out how they want to do it over Skype. Okay, so yeah, they don't have they do to necessarily be in the same room. They could do, uh, I don't know if they're going to revisit old, kind of revisit old uh, episodes or books they've covered now that Michael's all grown up, but um, it would be interesting. And I, I think we need to, at some point, if we do another, um, we do another, if we do like, do F, uh, Burns FF, obviously, Yeah. to get Andy on the show. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So you can I know, because they covered that all on the Fantastic Cast, and they're, and they're in the burn right. era right now, aren't they? Yeah, they yeah. are. They are. Uh, they finally came back and. Yeah, Andy's kind of guest stars mostly. Um, uh, oh, I can't remember his co-host's name. I, I apologize. I can't remember. Isn't it Jeff? Taylor? He's been doing. No. No. Um, I get him mixed up uh, with another. Yeah, another I can. Person. I can almost say it. Anyway, he's been doing it by himself, but he does. That's a. That's a. That's a thorough show. They really do him good job of covering it um and i have reached out to um luke jack and eddie because he's a huge iron man fan so i said well whenever we cover burns run his writing run like yeah. iron man would you like to come on he said yeah oh that'd be so, great I, i'm interested yeah. in that yeah now well, i talked i talked to kirk almost about covering it because in the namor series we're up to issue a a seven it kind of crosses over into a little bit with Iron Man, because some of the characters from Namor appear in Iron Man, and he's writing and drawing, writing doing both books at the same time. So I, we kind of talked about maybe covering the crossover book, if the issue if we had to. Now John and I are talking about uh, Generations Three, because he's never read it, and I mean I would like I to cover. I think I've skimmed it. What? I think I've skimmed it. I've never read it. I've read the first six issues and part of the last half. I think I, I 
read some of it and then I, I got really upset because, you know, in the first generations, there was that one point in the book where Le uh, the Ultra Humanite gets his revenge in so many ways against Superman. And Darkseid basically does his own version of the same thing. And I just, I, it was, it was so harsh. I just, I, I put the book down. I hadn't gone back to it, you know. Yeah, I had and, to read that again. If maybe that's the one I, I've read. I don't, uh, I don't remember. We should also, I'm fixing it. Get off here a second. Um, I'd like to cover Legends. Maybe that's a big, like Event. we did with Nigel, when yeah. we did the, the. Project Pegasus, maybe we cover all of them in one show. Yeah, and I'd just like to. do all six episodes. Yeah, do all six. Maybe it'll be kind of a special show or something. Uh, and I still think we need to do our uh, the first Ant Man movie. I think we need to do that as a commentary. Yeah, we did with Days of Future Past. It's uh, lots of stuff. That's I just I just been working so much lately. I've not had a chance to think about anything other than work. So well, we I can, you can schedule like, things out and 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 yeah. you know, figure it out. Yeah, and the fact that, that I know John and Nigel are thinking about doing something, so they want to do Hidden Years. I'm like, that's fine, you know, because it's really easy when Kirk and I, it was, it's easy for just two of us to sit down, hour and a half, get the show out, it's done. Instead yeah. of trying to corral six people together. So with these little two, uh, you know, one-on-ones shows are much easier to do. Like you did with Chris, yep. John wants to do the one with Nigel, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right. Yeah. All yeah. right, well... Uh, I think we've um, said everything we can say right now. <laughs> yeah, I need to go refill my my glass. And I think I'm gonna lay it, sit down on the couch and watch a little TV. I got um, the Road Warrior in 4K today, so I'm gonna sit down and watch that. Oh, awesome! I've, I've been wanting to yeah. watch Fury Road again. I just don't have enough time. That probably looks good in 4K too. I bet you. Yep. Yeah. All right. Well. Uh, you know, thank you all for listening. If you want to give us feedback, of course, you can uh, write us at gottagetburned@gmail.com, or you can leave us a, a comment on our Facebook page or on Apple Podcasts, formerly iTunes. Uh, we would really like to hear from you. But if you don't write anything, we're still going to keep putting stuff out. So, hey, yep. it's up to you. <laughs> you got anything well, else? Brian, it's always, yep. it's always a pleasure talking to you. We've been doing this for, eight what, years. eight years now? Eight, eight years. years. Um, and it's been, you know, and it's up, down, 15 it's years always, that the Teacher Freaks have been doing, doing this, had this network. I know. Now, so I know that's crazy. And I, I haven't been listening for 15 years, but I think I started early on when they were still doing like Star Trek Monthly Monday and stuff. So that's why, I, that's how I, that's how this show came about. Or kind of, I mean, this was actually your brainchild, but I, I kind of knew Scott and kind of, you know, got to know him that way and met him once. We went to um, Orlando. But. Yeah, I, you know, it, it's always funny thinking about that because I'm, I'm trying to get figure the timing out. Because I know there is some time between 2010 and 2013 where I discovered the Two True Freaks. And I was listening and I was writing in. And I haven't written a good email into any of the shows in a long time. And I'm feeling real guilty about it. Um so I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to. Check. I keep hearing yours getting read out on different shows. So I know you're still busy. Yeah, but I haven't in. written a good one. I haven't written a good one in a while. I, it's, it's a lot of times when you listen to it like in the car, and you have, you think, oh, I want to write in about that. Then you get home and you forget about it. Yeah, you don't think about it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, anyway, that 
uh, should cover it for us. Um, I'm going to go and uh, get another bottle. Uh, you go okay. and get another glass. Get another drink, get another glass, and then uh, everybody else, enjoy your weekend. We are going to enjoy, I'm going to enjoy my Friday night. Brian enjoys his. Yep. And we will see you in the future. Night.
Thanks for listening. You can find us and many other great shows at tutufreaks.com. That's T-W-O-T-R-U-E-F-R-E-A-K-S dot com. Third Degree Burn is spelled with the number three, R-D-B-E-G-R-E-E-B-Y-R-N-E, and is part of the Tutu Freaks network of shows. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Just look for Third Degree Burn, spelled with the number three, and burn spelled B-Y-R-N-E. Compliments, complaints, and recipes can be sent to Gotta get burned at gmail.com. That's G O T T A G E T B Y R N E D at gmail.com. Drop us a line and tell us how we're doing. Till next time, this has been Third Degree Burn. Some men aren't looking for anything logical like money. They can't be bought, bullied, reasoned, or negotiated with. Some men just want to watch the world.